What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 48 Men Podcast. Today, my guest is Connor Smith. He's a magician, a magician, a musician from Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. He's not a magician. Well, may, maybe you're a magician, but he's a musician. He's the singer of I Hate Alabama and so many other great songs. And um, I've gotten to know him through social media, and we've had a, a newfound friendship. So I'm super excited for a conversation today. Connor, thanks for joining me, man. That was that was a perfect intro because uh, this wild story, but I laugh because uh, there's a classic story uh, where my my granddad called me a magician at a restaurant or something, uh, and today's his like 78th birthday, and uh, he's sick, so he can't come to the Grand Ole Opry tonight. So either way, I love that you just did that. It was a full circle. Are, are you actually a magician though? I'm not. Uh, sadly, I, I love I love the art of it, but I can't do nothing. I got one card trick. Yeah. Well, I'm not either, man. I've actually been on like a David Blaine kick lately. I saw him on Jimmy Fallon. Sadie did not know who David Blaine was. Yeah, I mean, you know who David Blaine is, don't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, was, I was like, I cannot believe you do not know who David Blaine is. But she was like completely infatuated with just some of the stuff I was showing her last night that he's done. Well, um, you know, I kind of just mentioned your song at Alabama, but you're, you really are... Um, I don't know if I would say you're, you're you're the next big thing in country music, or if you are the if you're the new big thing in country music. Um, I mean, you've really been everywhere. You know, you just finished tour with Thomas Rhett and with Parker um, McCollum, and you've really just you know you're coming up through the ranks, man. And it's it's been really cool just to kind of see your journey over the last few months of uh, just seeing your name on the radio, seeing your name. You know, like you said, this is your your second time playing at the Grand Ole Opry tonight. So when this goes live, you will have just played it at it this week. But it's really been cool just to see your name keep popping up everywhere I've been looking. Yeah, man, it's been a crazy last year and a half. I mean, we put out my first song uh, in July of 2021. And, and uh, this last year has just been crazy and a lot of blessings. And I felt like, you know, there's something to celebrate every month. And, and uh, yeah, I got to live out a lot of dreams, you know, going on that first tour with Thomas Rhett and playing the Grand Old Opry, having a song on the radio. I hate Alabama. Obviously, did what it did and uh, continues to grow. And so, uh, man, we've been really fortunate. Uh, and uh, you know, I've always just kind of dreamed about writing country songs and telling stories. And so, now I get to do it full time, and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, for those listening who maybe don't really know who you are, can you kind of just explain a little bit about who you are and you know where you're from and kind of what you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm 22. I'm, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I've lived here my whole life, still live here now. I uh, started writing songs when I was about six years old. And, uh, man, it really just felt like the only thing I ever dreamed about was to write country songs. I, I played baseball growing up and, and wrote songs. kind of always who I was. And then uh, when I was 16 years old, I, I signed my first publishing deal. Uh, and then when I was 18, I signed a record deal right out of high school. Um, and then waited about, you know, two or three years, put out my first songs last year. And um, over the last year, I've just been kind of on this crazy ride of, you know, chasing down this dream of being a country artist and uh, writing songs, performing them live and, and going on going out on tour with some dudes I've dreamed of, you know, since I was little. So uh, music wise, that's kind of the, the recap, the short recap of of kind of my my uh, my life. Yeah. Well, I saw recently that I, th I think you were with your dad at the Brave Stadium. And was that, was that a dream of yours growing up, wanting to play professional baseball, too? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so my claim to fame is I played in the Little League World Series. Did you when really? I was like twelve. Yeah. That's so, awesome. uh, so baseball was like as big of a part of my life as music was, you know, growing up. And and even when I signed my publishing deal when I was sixteen, I I would I I was stayed in high school and then you know stayed starting on the baseball team. So I would uh, 
get out of school about 11.30, go write songs at 12, get back for the baseball game at 4 um, for the last, like, two years of high school. And so I was really fortunate I got to do do all that. But, uh, yeah, baseball is still a big part of my heart. Yeah. Was that was that all you played growing up? I mean, I did a little bit of everything. You know, I played football and, and uh, you know, tried everything. But uh, baseball was the one that, you know, I spent every summer, you know, traveling and, uh, you know, got as far deep as you can go. Yeah. How far did y'all make it in the Little League World Series? So we got like seventh in the world, I think. Uh, it's a crazy process. You basically go, you know, there's like four tournaments you got to win to get there. And then, you know, you win the regional and they overnight you on a on a bus to Williamsport and you're famous for two weeks. And you, uh, you know, next thing you know, I had like a top 10 play on Sports Center. There's a, there's a clip uh, on the internet of me singing uh, on Sports Center. They did this whole clip you know, where they talk about me wanting to be a professional songwriter. Uh, and then I, they said, sing me a song I wrote. And I sang them this worship song that I'd written and uh, it ended up getting played on SportsCenter. And then over the last last year, they played that thing like during every game. So it was pretty crazy. That's awesome. That's such a that's such an interesting claim to fame. A hundred percent. Well, it's fun because it's like, you know, you think about like, the, you know, songwriting can growing up and it's like as big of my heart was was for sports and baseball. And so that's kind of one thing I can point to and be like, dang, man, that was a that was a cool experience. Yeah. So even just, you know, you kind of sharing just writing that worship song, has faith been something for you that's always been an important thing? Or was there a moment where, you know, something really clicked for you or how's that? How have you kind of walked that line? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, for me, I was really fortunate to be in a household where, uh, you know, my, my faith was not only championed, but, uh, you know, I had an example to what it looked like to follow the Lord. And uh, we grew up in church, grew up in a Baptist church. And um, and when I say I started writing songs at six, I started writing worship songs. You know, I always say that uh, I didn't I didn't have the guts to write a song. Uh, write a song for a, a girl yet. So I just wrote love songs for Jesus. And, um, and so I did that from about six to 13. Every song I, most songs I wrote were, you know, these worship songs and I play them in church and we play them around town. Um, and, uh, so I always thought I'd be like a Matthew West, Brandon Heath. Like those were the guys that I, yeah. I wanted to be growing up. And, um, and so either way, uh, you know, growing up in the church, playing in church a lot, and then I think as you get older, there's a moment where your faith kind of becomes yours and you kind of got to make decisions really after high school for me, where it was like, all right, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a private Christian school and, um, you know, I remember leading a Bible study in the seventh grade. And, and so it was always like a part of who I was, but I think after high school, uh, was really the moment where, uh, you know, my faith came real. And especially as I got into this career and, you know, your faith, with a lot faced with a lot of decisions on, you know, who are you and who you want to be? Cause if you don't know, they're going to tell you. And, uh, and so when those kind of rubber hit the road on those things, it was really where I felt the Lord and, and I always felt a really strong calling on my heart towards him. And, uh, and so he's been really faithful to me. Yeah. How do you feel like, you know, if you didn't have that encounter or if you, if, you know, if hypothetically, if your faith is still your parents' faith, how do you feel like that would shape and impact kind of like what you're doing now? Because even for me, I just think about, you know, I grew up in church, I had, you know, two awesome parents and, and I, and I had faith, but it wasn't until, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom for my, for myself where I actually became real for me. And I wasn't no longer just, you know, going to church on Sunday because my parents were driving me there. You know, I had to physically drive myself there because I went off to college and it became real to me. And, um, I just kind of just think about back to when, like, if that moment didn't happen, then I kind of just would have been in this, 
you know, just kind of in this phase of, um, I don't know, just, con- just confused about who I am and what I was doing. So for you, like when you had that moment and you're still writing songs, you know, you graduate high school, you sign a record deal and life gets really real for you. How do you feel like, I don't know, how do you feel like you grew up super young? Because if you didn't go to college, you know, right after high school, you start kind of chasing this dream. How do you feel like your faith has, has impacted just that journey for you? I mean, it's everything, right? You know, it's like if, if the Lord is truly, you know, if you're truly abiding in the Lord, it's going to shape everything in your world. And, um, and, and so for me, it's like, you know, I, I I always felt like, you know, I think everyone kind of lives through a portion where they're kind of half in half out. And, uh, I think for me, I got to a point where I realized that I didn't want to be as, as, uh, I don't want to be as close to sin as possible without sinning, uh, yeah. but I wanted to be as far as close to the Lord as I could be. And those are two different, completely different ideas. And, um, and so I think that's something I've always struggled with, you know, you, you're growing up and trying to figure out who you are and everybody's trying to tell you. And, you know, I'm in a world where, you know, everything gets put, you know, in front of my face. And, uh, it's like, you know, when, when, when the enemy tempts Jesus in the desert after fasting, you know, the biggest thing he can give him is the world. He said, I'll give you all the world if you'll just bow yeah. down to me. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'm and once again, I'm in an early phase of this career, but I've, I've seen it enough to know that, I mean, that's what I deal with is that the enemy says, I'll give you the world if you want it. Um, but man, I've always felt like the Lord was so close to my heart and there was such a weight on my heart from an early age that the Lord says, you're mine and I'm going to use you and I'm going to be faithful to you. And, uh, you know, if, if I walked you through in-depth pieces of my story at every turn, the Lord has um, just done crazy things to remind me of His goodness. And oftentimes it was when I wasn't even ready for it. Yeah. But He knew by the time that I would get, you know, He He, he would call the promise. But by the time I stepped into the promised land, uh, that was when, you know, my heart would be ready to handle something like that. Yeah. And uh, and so either way, you know, it's a daily battle. It's a daily decision. And, uh, you know, not something I've perfected, but... Um, you know, I think for me, a lot of it has to do with the people I, I put around me and uh, kind of just making that decision day in, day out. You know, there's a verse that I just love and I repeat to myself all the time of, you know, do not grow weary in doing good for in the proper season, you'll reap what you have sown. And, um, and I think that's a big part of kind of my life is just choosing daily to be faithful to the Lord and in that he's been so faithful to me. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I want I want to share a little bit kind of about how me and you got connected. So it's kind of funny. This is, this is coming back to baseball. It's my brother had gotten drafted back in, uh, I guess that was July. Um, maybe August. No, I think it was July. So he had gotten drafted and I had flew home from Washington to his like draft party and all my family was there. Sadie had ended up going home instead of coming with me. She had to get back to our honey. And we were just, you know, celebrating him getting drafted and all that stuff. And my mom had had, um, just the radio playing and one of your songs came on and my cousin, who's like just a diehard country music fan was like, Connor Smith's the next biggest thing in country music. And I was like, I had, I hadn't heard of you at, the, at, at this point. Cause I honestly, I don't like listen to country music a ton. Um, but I've started to more lately again. And I was like, I didn't, re- didn't, didn't know who you were. And he was ta- like, you know, just tell me about your, I hit Alabama song, take it slow and, and all these other things. And I was like, that's super cool. And the very next day you DM'd me, um, and it was just this really cool moment of like, it was kind of like a God wink of, you know, cause things like that happen every, every now and then, but something I feel like that was super intentional 
um, of just you know me being at that setting with with my family and him saying that and then talking about you. And then the very next day seeing you DM me and just something that you had heard that me and Sadie had done that that uh, encouraged you, which is what led you to which is what led you to DM me. So can you kind of just share a little bit about you know on your end how we ended up connecting? Because I think it's a really cool story. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big believer. There's no such thing as a coincidence. So my side of the story is. I was on the road uh, one night after some some show, and I could not sleep, and um, and uh, it was super late, and uh, I was just starting to my now girlfriend. We were just starting to kind of I was pursuing her, you know, in that season, and uh, and so it was super late, and uh, I couldn't sleep, and I went to look. And I was just kind of, I'm a big, you know, anything I'm doing, I'm trying to soak in wisdom. And so either way, I stumbled across your and Sadie's video talking about, you know, dating and uh, relationships and purity. And uh, so either way, I watched it and uh, man, just so much wisdom in that video and what you were saying as a man. Uh, that's, that's one thing I really respect about you is just kind of the way you stand up for what true manhood looks like and what it looks like to serve, you know, not only the Lord, but your wife and in a relationship. And uh, so I reached out to you, you know, at like 3 a.m. Uh, on a, on a, tour, yeah. in a tour bus bunk on DMs and, and uh, it led to led to this. Well, it, it was really cool when I saw your name pop up in my thing because t- typically I don't get like I, I usually don't read my DMs, but for some reason yours popped up in like my like my actual DMs instead of like my requested or whatever. So oh, that's why I mean, even 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 that thing was just it was it was really a, a special thing. And I, I definitely, yeah, I don't believe in coincidences coincidences either. Um, I do think that you know God orchestrates all those little intricacies that end up happening. Um, so really, you know, me and you talked in the film before this podcast, and really just about the tour life and. Um, you know, as men, like we do have temptations that we face. We have, and even, even what you talked about the world and, you know, there, there's the, you know, there's the verse where it says, Oh Lord, why am I going to botch it right now? Um, hey, I don't, hey, I don't know the whole Bible either. You're good, man. <laughs> oh, if you get, if, you, if, if you're given the whole world, but you forfeit your soul, why am I? Drunk? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get to what, you know, what benefit is it to gain the whole world? Thank and lose you, your thank soul? You. Yes, yes. Yeah. That one. You, you, I, you, I, I, you, hey, listen, I only know it cause the Toby Mac song. Hey, you can, hey, you can, you can come run my podcast. Uh, <laughs> We're switching roles. I'm interviewing hey, you we'll now. Switch roles. Yeah. You can interview me. I literally just drew a blank on that, but it's one of my favorite verses cause it's so true. Like you can gain the whole world, but if you forfeit your soul, then you know, what's the point? And you know, just with tour life and all the stuff that you're doing, you know, what were your expectations before you went out? Because how, I mean, how many cities was it? It was, it was a long tour. Yeah. I mean, the Thomas Dread tour that we just did was 40, 40 cities. Yeah. Uh, but then, of, of course, before that, we've been, we were going you yeah. know, full speed before. So before that happened, like, what were your expectations? How did you prepare yourself for that physically, mentally, spiritually? And, you know, did it, I don't, I don't want to say did it meet your expectations or like, like, was it kind of what you thought it was going to be like? Man, um, yeah, I think, you know, specifically this Thomas Rhett tour, right? Um, I've dreamed my whole life to kind of, you know, have the tour bus be on tour. Uh, I've bought a ticket to every Thomas Rhett show that he ever did headlining, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so then to be on that tour and, and man, me and Thomas's friendship is a whole whole different story of just the Lord's faithfulness in my life that, you know, we can get into later. Um, and then he's such an amazing dude, but he's really taken me under his wing and just been like a big brother. And, you know, he called me about a year and a half ago and just said, man, I, he said, you know, quote, word for word, he said, 
he said, man, this year, you know, my, my biggest thing was I wanted to, uh, get better and more intentional at listening to the voice of the Lord. And, uh, I just really feel like he's telling me to mentor you. And, uh, and so he called me, told me that, and, um, that led to him inviting me on tour and wow. led to him and I building this friendship. You know, he signed me to a publishing deal and, and all this stuff. Well, stepping into this tour, man, it's like, that's a big deal. And, yeah. uh, I'm still, 20, still 21 year old kid, you know, at the time. And, uh, you know, had this dude that's just believed in me and, um, and so it was such a dream and it was so amazing in a lot of ways, but man, to be honest with you, it was one of the, one of the hardest and most challenging seasons of my life. Um, mentally, physically, um, because it's such a learning curve mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in, uh, you know, you know, living the right way and, 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 and doing the right things. And, and so for me stepping in this tour, I felt like, um, I felt like, uh, the Lord had been so faithful to me in, in the way that he orchestrated my whole story and bringing me onto this Thomas Rhett tour. Um, and it was so obvious that it was him. So my response had to be of gratitude. Um, and it's one thing to praise the Lord with your voice, you know, your words, but man, to praise him through your actions and to surrender, uh, you know, with true faithfulness back. And so that was for me is like, I mean, I stepped in this tour and I just like some simple things that I did were just like, um, and staying disciplined in the word every day. And I didn't drink at all the entire tour. Um, just chose to be really disciplined in how I led, you know, for one in just my relationship with the Lord, but also as a leader stepping into like such a challenging role as a leader where I'm now leading a band, leading a company, leading, you know, eight people on the road where you're kind of the guest on this tour. And, uh, there were a lot of bumps in the road, man. Like there were some really challenging seasons and weekends and days that, uh, I was tested and there were a lot of times I just cried to the Lord. I said, I wasn't ready for this. You yeah. know, like, why did you, why did you bring me to this when I wasn't ready? You know, about probably two or three weeks into the tour, my first single on radio gets like pulled and like, you know, ends up failing on radio. And I felt like I let everybody down. And then, uh, you know, some things happened among my band where we had to fire people and I had to get, you know, brand new guys in there. And, um, it was a lot of, a lot of challenging things. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, Lord, I know you put me here and, and what you've, you know, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, you know, what the Lord, you know, what the Lord is bringing to birth, like will not die essentially. Yeah. And so I really felt like, Hey, he's brought us this far. He's not going to turn back now. Yeah. And, uh, and so either way it was this season more than anything has just been a test, a test of my faith, my faith with the Lord. Um, and, uh, you know, specifically just the Thomas Rhett tour. I think there's other seasons of the touring that has tested other parts of me. Um, but specifically that tour it was, it was a really challenging season and one uh, where I felt like the Lord was just saying, Hey, you're gonna have to have faith with me and going to have to grow in that. Cause I brought you here. And I'm not going to turn back now, but I'm also going to, you know, because at the same time, as I'm saying all this, I've grown more in the last six months than yeah, I ever have in my life. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say that you were a disciplined person before you started this tour? You know, uh, some aspects, yes. Some aspects, no. And it's yeah. something I'm still, you know, growing in. Um, but I've definitely... Uh, I've, I've been hot and cold in my, in my walk with the Lord a lot where, you know, I'll have three months where he's all I think about. And then three months where I don't open my Bible. 
Yeah. And I think it's a really challenging thing for a lot of people. You know, you kind of get this high of the Lord and you want to grow in your faith and, you know, read your Bible and you're praying and your prayer life is better than ever. And, you know, all, the only thing on your heart is the Lord. And then, you, you know, next thing you know, you, you, you're not even thinking about him and um, you kind of slip back into your old ways. And, and so uh, I've done that a lot, but I, I think this year was really the year that things started to click for me that, you know, my relationship with the Lord wasn't necessarily, um, it wasn't about doing these things, but it was about what it meant to truly abide in the Lord and to walk with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in different atmospheres and different seasons, those things, yeah, you know, kind of shift on what that looks like. Yeah. What would you say to the person who's listening, whose job or profession really requires them to be in a worldly setting? And, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling with that. You know, there's temptation from the world. Obviously, we're all in the world, but we're not of the world. But if you're you know, your um, hobbies or your professions or, or what you do for a living, you know, really kind of forces you and pushes you to be in those settings constantly. What would you say to the person who's just kind of walking that out and maybe struggling with that and who's just kind of just in that and, and feels like they can't, um, you know, turn down those temptations that, that keep coming? Yeah, I think for one, I think... I think, you know, one thing for me is that when you ask for the will of the Lord, he'll, he'll bring it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I mean by that is like, when you ask for the will of the Lord, like he'll give you that, but it's never going to look like you want it to. Yeah. And it's never going to be in the timing. You know, when you ask for the will, you ask for his timing and, and it's often a lot different than ours. And so, you know, if, if the will of the Lord on your life has brought you into a place where you feel uh, stretched and tested and um, like the pressures of the world and of temptation are kind of overwhelming you. Um, I think start with the fact that, okay, the Lord brought you there. So that means he, tr- he trusts you there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part because if the Lord trusts you, then you have to trust yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing. And, and I also think that anywhere, you know, we were talking about it earlier. It's like the darker the room, the brighter the light can be. Yeah. So, uh, it takes at the same time, it takes two times more discipline to have the light. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of have to make a decision on not only how you want to live, but who you want to be and the level, the level of temptation, the level of pressure on you, uh, the more the pressure, the greater, you know, your response and the greater the impact you can have. You know, it's like, I, I have, as, as hard as, as it is a lot of times to, you know, live the way that I feel called to live and I fail a lot, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect mm-hmm, at all. For sure. Um, but I also understand that I'll have people that'll listen to what I have to say about the Lord, you know, more just because I write country songs or just cause I was on the stage that night or just cause I got to go on that tour. Yeah. And, um, and so either way, I, th- I think just like for one, trust yourself or two, make the decision on um, who you want to be and allow that, allow that decision to affect things. Because if you're going to make that decision, you have to live in a way that can, you know, breed, breed that outcome. Yeah. And then I think third, like take pride in the fact that you now have an ability that a lot of people don't have uh, to witness to people that wouldn't listen before. And because too, I mean, like if you think about, you know, the settings that you're constantly in, like, there's a specific, and we talked about this earlier, there's a specific anointing and there's a specific call that someone has in their life to go in those settings. So do you feel like, how do you feel like God's prepared you to 
be in those settings. And because, you know, obviously the scripture says that you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. But we're all, I mean, we're still dudes. We still struggle with, you know, X, Y, and Z. So how do you feel like, I mean, and maybe it's the discipline that you talk about in the morning of reading and, and not drinking on tour. But how do you feel like, you know, in any way that God's prepared you to be in these settings day in and day out and to where you don't fall in, on, under the expectations of people, you don't fall into the, you know, the lustful traps or, or, the, or the drinking traps or just the I want to be cool traps or whatever it might be. How do you feel like God's prepared you to be in those settings and not cave under that pressure? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, like I said, it's like there are a lot of times that, you know, the Lord would give me a blessing that I wasn't, I wasn't ready to handle. And I wasn't in a season with him that like I deserved it, but he knew by the time that I would be, you know, where that promise was leading that um, he would have my heart where he wants it, which is incredibly uh, gracious of the Lord. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think, uh, I think it's something I, I, I battle with daily. And over the last year and a half, I feel like, you know, this time last year, man, I, I was in a different place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think for me, it's just about, okay, there's a level of impact I'm, I'm now able to have, um, on the people around me. And just like, what do I want to be known as? Because mm-hmm. like I could be known uh, like like every other person and, and, and use, you know, there's a verse, um, what is it? I think Hebrews, Hebrews 11, there may be eight, but it says, uh, it says he did not, uh, he did not, it was talking about Moses. And he says he did not give in or choose the, uh, the, the pleasures of, uh, the pleasures of fleeting sin, mm-hmm. but instead to like the glory of the Lord. And uh, for me, it's like, okay, understanding that, and I have a power that I didn't have before just because I sang a song that people like, I sold tickets to a show and I sang on a stage. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it, take that away and, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. Uh, nothing different. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding that, it's like, okay, what are you going to use that power for? Yeah. It's like for me, man, I, I want to use that power to influence people, influence young men and people that look up to me and um, and just be a light in an environment where there's a lot of just pain and hurt. And it's like, yeah. man, these people are coming to these shows so that they can escape something. Mm-hmm. And and if if all they can see is just a dude who loves the Lord, even in just the way that I perform, even just the way I speak, even the way I interact with the people around me. It's like, man, that'll, that'll last way longer than if I'm just getting up there trying to get everybody drunk. Yeah, for sure. I'll just say like in, you know, the Lord preparing me, you know, I think he's been really gracious. Yeah. For <laughs> Honestly, real. man, the, the Lord's prepared me because everything that's happened, he made sure I knew I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So at every moment of this, of this journey, any success I've ever had, I, I genuinely can't claim that I provided that success. And so with that, it's like, all right, Lord, you're kind of in control and I have to continue to uh, give that back to you. Yeah. And even just what you do, you know, there's such like a humility to it and like a dependency because, you know, on the flip side, you could get to a point where, you know, it, it almost becomes like numb to the, to, the, to the point of like, you know, I'm not going to struggle with, with something while I'm on stage and you kind of just like, become prideful about it. And then that's when you end up 
you know, caving into something, and that's when you end up end up falling under under the temptation to where you you know kind of lose the dependency that you used to have, and now you've kind of been like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess up, or I'm not gonna struggle, or I'm not gonna fall into this. Then you kind of lose that dependency, then that's when you end up you know yeah. falling, and that's when you end up you know messing up or whatever. But it's in those moments of like dependency where you really you know you feel the Lord near. And that's what's cool about about that because I do think like even as believers, you know, like we can be so uh, just cautious, and and I think it, it's it's a good thing at sometimes, but I think we can be so like, you know, just distancing ourselves from worldly settings. But then it's like, you know, like you said earlier, if we're called to be the light, if we're called to be the light of the world, then we have to go into these dark settings. And who's doing that? You know, like, like. There's this idea of, and, and it's this really good quote, but it said that sometimes the church becomes keepers of the aquarium instead of fishers of men. And it's this idea of like, if you just stay in your bubble, if you stay with, you know, your Christian friends, and if you stay just in this setting, then you lose sen- you lose touch of reality and you lose sense of actually what people are going through. Yeah. And if you keep being fishers of men, so for you, you know, singing country music at, um, you know, college campuses and at bars and at worldly settings, like you have been given a grace and you've been given, you know, an ability to go into the, into these settings and help pull people out. So yes, people might come to, to listen to country music, but if you do it in a way where light is shown and the gospel is kind of preached, then, you know, you have more of an impact on people than just being in our little church culture, Christian settings. And I think that sometimes we can lose sight of like championing, championing people who, go into these settings just because we can't do it ourselves. So I just yeah. applaud you because I know I know it's difficult. I mean, you know, if you're on a 40-something city tour and every night there's people drinking and girls that are drunk around you, you know, like mo- most dudes would 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 struggle with that. But if if there's a if there's a something in you that's a discipline of like, you know, I saw at the Lord's council this morning, I made this vow not to drink while I'm on tour, then I think God honors that and he gives you, you know, I give, he gives you purity, whether it's in eyes or just your life to to not succumb to these things that most dudes who would be put in that setting would, you know, kind of flippantly give into. But if you're truly pursuing Jesus and these other things are kind of pushed in your face, then it's easy for you to turn those away and and, and follow along the path that he's kind of created for you. And I think there's a beautiful balance of it. It's like, you know, I think the church can oftentimes go too far and like, let's stay, you know, in our little community and never look out, out the window. Um, and then there's also people that think they're strong enough to not have Christian friends and not have community and not go to church, but follow the Lord. It's like, man, you kind of have, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful balance of those two things for sure. And, um, yeah, man, I think, uh, I think it's a, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still a young dude trying to figure out, you know, who I am daily in the Lord. And, uh, it is hard. Like it's, it's hard yeah. to, you know, be on these, uh, in these college bars and, you know, where all these people are like, you know, I always say when you're on a stage, man, like, especially as an artist, you know, people are holding their hands up for me to touch them, you know? And then as I touch them, they scream, yeah. and they lose their mind. And like, that's what they did to Jesus. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in a position to be worshiped every night. And it's like no human is designed to be worshiped at all. 
Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the first thing I have to recognize, you know, um, is that I'm in, uh, putting myself in a world that the human, uh, psyche and mind is not, uh, you know, not designed to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, from there, what, do, what do I do? And it's like, okay, I have to make the decision that at some point every night I'm going to choose to lay down the glory and to shake off the glory and give it to the Lord. Um, so it's those little things like that. It's also understanding that as I speak these things out, as I do a podcast let's, like this, there's more accountability for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? People are going to listen to this and then look to my actions and say, Oh, is he, is he really living what he's saying? Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think there's a beauty in that, you know what yeah. I mean? But at the same time, as I'm, you know, I, I, to walk into these bars, to walk into these shows, to walk into these rooms and these atmospheres and not have people around me in my circle with me in those rooms that are, you know, choosing to follow, you know, follow the same, make the same decisions and follow the Lord in the way I am. Like it's impossible. So it's about having your community and the people around you in those environments as well. I think it's a really big thing. Yeah. Well, one, I want to encourage you. Then I want to ask you a follow up to it. I mean, I don't know of any 21 or 22 year olds that are saying, you know, the things that you're saying with that idea of, you know, just the glory aspect, because, you know, it's true. I mean, before me and Sadie met, I wasn't famous. Now I have a following because of Sadie. And there are those moments of temptation where like you go to places and, you know, someone recognizes you, then you have that dopamine hit of like somebody recognizes you, you know, and it's like, how do you not get caught up? in that glory because it is difficult. You know, we're humans. Like we, we fall short every day and, the, and there's repentance that's required of that. Um, but I mean, honestly, dude, just hearing you say that, I was just so encouraged because that's just such a, I've never really thought about that idea like that of people touch Jesus and scream, you know, and equating that to you being on stage, people doing that. So I think that's such just discernment and wisdom. Um, and even just at your age, that's really remarkable. And do you, I mean, has, has that been something that you've struggled with? I mean, because I mean, I feel like obviously it's natural to like, you know, obviously, obviously in hindsight, it's easy to say like, I don't want the glory, you know, <laughs> but like in those moments, yeah, you know, you get caught up in it and it's tough. So have you had a difficult time walking that out? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a daily battle. It's yeah. like, I think as men, especially like we love being praised. We love being respected. We yeah. love being thought that we are, you know, great at something. And for me, that's, you know, writing songs and playing on a stage. Um, and so to have people and girls, you know, that are looking at you in a different way just because you held a microphone for an hour, I mean, that's, that's a drug to your system, you know, yeah. like that's just the reality of it. And so um, understanding that is a, a big thing in acknowledging that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I said, understanding that there's a power there. Yeah. And so what are you going to use that power for? You can use that power to get the girl that you think is attractive or get, you know, get the drug or, or, you know, drink that night or have everybody worship you or whatever it is. It's like, or you can use that power to like, give it to the Lord and then lay down your pride and then understand that that, you now have the ability to have these conversations and build connections with people and to be in those environments where, um, I don't know, man, where you can just shift people's lives, man. I see it so many times. These 
broken people or people um, in these atmospheres that are looking for something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I, I've seen it all. And I, and I know enough to know that the only thing that's going to ever give you peace and joy is the Lord. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you, if you think that getting to the, getting a hotter girl or that next drink or a better party is going to fill you up, it's not, you yeah. know, I, I think about all the time. It's like, man, how many times we feel like we're missing out on something. Cause I had the enemy use that lie to me all the time, you know, where I would get really close to the Lord and then I would feel him use the lie of, Hey, you're missing out. When you're not going out to that party, you're missing out when you're not going out to the bar, you're missing out on a Saturday night when you're not, you know, chasing girls. And it's like, no, man, I'm missing out when I'm not living in the will of the Lord, when I'm not living in the peace of the Lord, when I'm not living in the joy of the Lord. Because at the end of the day, man, I couldn't tell you three stories of crazy nights I've had. I could tell you 50 stories of incredible things the Lord's done in my life. It's like mm-hmm. that is what counts and that's what matters. And that's what we remember, man. And when we have a wife and we have a family, we have kids. You know, we have grandkids. It's those stories that we get to pass down. It's like, you know, scripture says, let generations tell of the stories of what I've done. It's like, man, I could tell you so many stories of what the Lord's done for me, you know, already in my life. And um, so it's just for me, I've, that was a big breakthrough for me when I realized the lie that I'm missing out. The truth of that lie is that I'm missing out when I'm not living fully in the Lord. Yeah. How many people do you see pursuing the same thing you're doing kind of have that mindset? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think specifically I've been so fortunate because I've got to watch up close and personal, uh, who I am positive is the absolute best at it, which is Thomas Rhett. Yeah. And, um, getting to watch him the way he handles his family, his marriage and just his relationship with the Lord and uh, his pursuit of the Lord inside of, you know, crazy world. Um, has changed my life more than anything. Uh, and having him just, you know, pour into me the way he has. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of people. I know another one is Walker Hayes. That dude mm-hmm. has one of the coolest testimonies I've ever heard. And just the way the Lord has poured favor because of his commitment to the Lord is, is crazy. Uh, but man, CR, TR specifically, Thomas Rhett, um, that's a dude who's after the heart of the Lord. And, uh, man, he's just carried an honesty with me. And uh, I remember him telling me this early on, you know, before I really ever started, because I was asking these questions. I said, dude, how do I do it? How do I walk into these bars and not get caught up in the lust and the temptation and the, you know, and the drinking and the girls and the party and the, you know, the the desires of, you know, of the flesh. And uh, he just said, man, it's as crazy as you want it to be. He's, and I think that's for everything in life. It's as crazy as we want it to be, man. You get to make a decision. It's like, if you want all that, you can have it. But if you want to have a family and, you know, build a healthy, you know, pure relationship and, you know, be the friend you want to be and the son you want to be and the, you know, husband one day I want to be, it's like, you get to make that decision too. Yeah. That's so good, man. That's so good. Well, I know that tour life is crazy. Um, you know, being disciplined, um, in the morning spiritually and, and, and some of the other things. And also, you know, do you, do you like sleeping on, on, on the tour bunks? I love it, man. I actually it's, like, it's, it's the best sleep. You kind of grow, you kind of, once you like get used to it, you're like, man, I don't want to sleep anywhere else. Getting in no, that cave. 
but for me, man, like when, when we when we go on tour and stuff, like I have such a hard time, you know, working out just because we, we sleep in so late. You have no idea what time it is. You go to bed late. It's the so for you, part. I mean, are there are there any like you know tour life workouts that have been your go to that 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 you've been doing? You know, that's the hardest part for me about everything is the lack of rhythm in my world. Yeah, because we're living on the road. Like you know, you know when you're when you're out there touring, uh, you know, it's like there's no rhythm. You, wake no going to, you go to sleep at a different time. You wake up at a different time. You're in a different city. You know, maybe there's a gym. Maybe there's not. Uh, you don't know what breakfast is going to be like. And so that's the hardest part for me about everything is a uh, lack of rhythm. But uh, I try to be, I try to be mindful with it and, and, you know, understanding I'm a big believer in like, you know, the three, you know, to exercise the three parts of uh, your your body, your soul, and your, and your spirit every day, and it's like to have the most productive day. And so, try to get some sort of workout in. Uh, one thing that helped me was my guitar player was a certified CrossFit trainer, and, uh, and awesome. so he was always he was always pushing us uh, to be to go a little harder on the road. Um, but it, you know, once again, it's one of those things that you know I'll get into it. I'll be grinding for two months and then lose a month because I lost that rhythm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think just being diligent like anything else. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, man, I really just want to champion you with, with, um, just with what you're doing. I think like we talked about earlier, I think as believers, um, you know, seeing, seeing Christians in settings that are worldly, I think we can be quick to judge people. I mean, when Sadie went on dancing with the stars, she got more backlash from the Christians than from the just the worldly people, just from people that that do life, whatever. And I think that we do that, man. I think that we can just be quick to you know pick up stones, or we can be quick to judge people, and and all these other things. And I'm just calling us to um to not be like that. You know, we we need people to go into these settings and to actually make a difference. Um, to go be a light in the darkness. So just to encourage you, man, you're doing a great job. Um. I just nice, hearing hearing you talk about you know not not wanting the glory and you know not drinking on tour trying to be um just a good man and you know you want to get you want to pursue purity in your in in your dating relationship and working towards marriage um I think that we need more men like that who don't want the glory who try to resist the temptations of lust and drinking and all these other things and you know like you said like what 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 Thomas Rhett told you, like it's as crazy as you want it to be, and I think that really is for everything in life. You know, we all have um, different temptations. We all have different things we go through, and something that is a temptation for me not, might not be a temptation for you. And if for me going into a bar is going to lead to me getting hammered and you know lusting after girls, if I'm in a relationship, then it's probably not the best setting for me to go to. So I think we all have to just be diligent with what you know, with, with, with what God's given us, um, and the, the grace has given us, but also this, the temptations to, um, just, just to deny those temptations. So yeah. just to encourage you, man, I mean, I, I really, uh, applaud that. I think that's very Thanks, difficult man. to, um, to be in the setting you're in. And I don't think that you could do it in your own strength. I think it definitely requires the spirit. Um, because at some point you just would get to, you know, you couldn't just keep doing it in your own strength. So just keep relying on the spirit. And I think, and for those listening, um, champion believers who are in worldly settings, don't bash them, uh, encourage them and, uh, just tell them they're doing a good job because it's not easy. I mean, well, I think 
it's funny. Like we change, we, we oftentimes Christian will bash people in public settings on platforms. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I mean, ministry, we think that ministry is just working at a church or speaking at a Christian conference or writing or, you know, writing worship music. It's like, no, ministry is wherever you are. Yeah. Ministry is who you are. Ministry is, you know, the way you serve the Lord. And it's whether you're a teacher or a doctor or a country music singer, it's like, man, that's your ministry. Yeah. Um, so show to people what Jesus' love looked like. Yeah. Whatever your hobbies are, whatever you're passionate about, that's your ministry. For Peter, it was fishing. For you, it's country music. For me, it's fitness. I mean, for others, like you said, it's a doctor, it's a teacher, it's a, um, you know, an athlete or whatever it is, whatever space you're in, pursue Jesus, tell others about him, and go make a difference. Yeah, man, I think for me too, it's like pursue peace. Yeah. Like what does that look like for you? Pursue peace because uh peace will tell you uh when you're li- when you're lit when you're living with the Lord, peace will tell you everything. Yeah. And um and so making a decision that costs your peace is 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 not a decision that is worth it. And um and so that's one thing that I've just had to train myself is like, yeah, there's some there's some things that I have to deny myself of daily to live the way that I want to live and to live inside of the peace. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's the long walk in the same direction. It's one step at a time. And, uh, one day you'll look up, I try to make the, I try to make decisions for the person I am at 60. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I try to make the decisions for my kids and for my wife and, um, for the legacy that I'm going to leave behind. Uh, because I think if we do that now, and if you choose that now at 21 or at 22 or at 18 or at 30, you know, whatever, whatever age you're at, if you choose now to live, uh, in, in the way to make a legacy, I think, uh, I think you'll be really grateful, uh, when those, uh, when those seeds that you've sown reap the fruit. For real. Well, we're all called to crucify, um, you know, those passions and those desires and to pick up our cross. So. You're doing a good job of that, man. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Really excited for people to, to listen to it and tune in. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you giving me a platform that I can um, you know, talk about the Lord and, and things that matter. Of course. Well, we'll, uh, we'll rejoin this in, in a couple of years when you're uh, on every billboard in, uh, in the country. We'll just do it next month. Come on now. Let's just do it. Come on now. <laughs>